This is Dolphin Financial Radio, a show about planning your retirement. When you are young, financial decisions are easy. You aren't worried too much about the future, and you know you have plenty of time on your side. However, as you get older, the financial decisions get more difficult. Eventually, you reach the age where you face decisions about employment, home buying, raising a family, and college planning. Your financial success is often determined by how you handle the many curveballs thrown your way and by how much you are saving for retirement. Before you know it, you are within 10 years, five years, and then one year of retiring. At this point, you'll be facing new and different financial challenges. You'll worry if you have enough money to last through retirement. You'll be concerned about healthcare and longevity. You'll want to make sure your retirement is everything you always dreamed it would be. These are the retirement challenges that we will address each week on this show. Regardless of how far you are from retirement, it's time to listen in as we begin another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hello and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio show with me, Dan Wendell, your host. Alongside me, the co-host, Tony Shore. Tony's back from his little jaunt up in, uh, I guess it was South Dakota, Tony. And you saw Mount Rushmore. And you know what? It's totally relevant because today's topic in honor of our nation's Independence Day, which we recently celebrated, we're going to talk about financial lessons from our founding fathers. Oh. The financial advice that they gave or that they had, what we can glean from their lives. That's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm hoping that you can provide some insight, what you learned by seeing some of the founding fathers etched in stone. Yeah. Well, for those of our listeners who have never been to the Black Hills, the Badlands, or Mount Rushmore. They're all three right there on the western edge of South Dakota. Uh, It is absolutely stunning, breathtaking, beautiful, a great family vacation, especially if you have kids. You have to go. But the feeling you get when you're at Mount Rushmore, and we saw the, the lighting ceremony at night where they light it up at night, and they have a presentation, and they show a film. Uh, It is really impactful. I mean, you know, they talk about what George Washington did uh, as the founding father of our country, Uh, Lincoln, how he uh, kept the Union whole and kept it from breaking apart, and uh, Roosevelt, who actually established the national park system, and, uh, and of course, Thomas Jefferson, so who really authored, you know, uh, our Declaration of Independence, things like that. So I think it, it's fascinating. And our founding fathers were very smart men. I mean, just that they read some of the quotes and I'm like, wow, you know, it's just it's so it takes a lifetime to create some of those. Right. <laughs> right. We're going to do it. Right. I mean, you hear some of the things Jefferson wrote and Lincoln wrote and you're like and even Washington said and Roosevelt and you're like. Yeah, you're trying yeah, to think that would of, be a of good our tweet. politicians today. It's like, yeah, we're lacking something. <laughs> Can you imagine if they had Twitter back then? They would be some really powerful, impactful tweets. <laughs> Kofifi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's just like, uh, wow, thank God the, the right people were in the right place to make this all happen. So, Well, the, well that's, that's what I'm going to talk about today is the actual original founding fathers. Um, we're going to talk about all those that had to do with the Declaration of Independence and and during that time frame. And a lot of them are well-documented. And a lot of the quotes that we can do today, you've heard before, but I've never been to South Dakota. I've never seen Mount Rushmore. And I think I might have to get my kids up there before they get too old. You do. It's important, I think. What's the cutoff? What's the age when you're like, eh, the kid's not going to like it? I don't know. My 15-year-old daughter went and really appreciated it and took pictures. I, I think there actually is an age that's too young. Uh, they'll want to stop by the reptile gardens and do the touristy stuff. But <laughs> right. uh, but then uh, once they reach a certain age, I mean, you know, I would say anywhere from fourth or fifth grade on up to okay. eight, 18, honestly. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm going to put it on my list. And parents enjoy it, too. It's it's somewhat similar when I, I, f- I had a similar feeling when I visited Washington, D.C. for the first time and saw the Jefferson Memorial and Lincoln Memorial. And, and you know, uh, it really is amazing. And uh, it, the actually the story behind how they created Mount Rushmore is 
fascinating. I mean, you know, people lost their lives trying to make that thing. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, kind of like our country. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. So finances, though, I when I was there, I'll be honest, I, I was really moved and it's a great tribute to our founding fathers, but I've never connected our founding fathers with finances. But if anybody can do it, Dan, you're the guy. Did you have to pay to get into Mount Rushmore? There is a $10 fee to park, but they give you a pass and that's good all year, for a whole year. So then you can come and go. And that $10 goes directly toward maintenance and helping with upkeep. Most of the national parks and things you visit out there, like the Badlands, when you go in, like there's a $20 per carload fee, and that's that's how they pay the park employees and keep it up. And it's just well-kept, beautiful trails. Um, it's fantastic. The turnoffs, uh, you drive up, and it's mountainous. I mean, it's it's really tall. You're going, you're winding on these uh, switchbacks up these mountains, huge rocks. Uh, it's amazing. You know, I read somewhere, and I'm going to have to find this out because I'm trying to tie it to finances. There's an age, I think it's 10 years old. When you're 10, you get in state parks for free. Or is it when you're in third grade? There's some, I think there's some particular year that yep. in the U.S. So I'm going to find that when my twins are that age, and then I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to beat this financial system. No, you know, you asked who can come up, how they connect uh the financial financial to the founding fathers. Yeah. Well, you know, my major in college was investments that much. Yeah. We know oh, yeah. my minor. Do you know what my minor was? Your mind. I thought your, I thought your minor was in, I don't know, chicken farming or, uh, I don't no, know. I took, that was my doctorate. Um, my minor was history. Of course. I've been, I'm a history buff. I'm a huge fan of history in, in particular, the American Revolutionary Time Period. Oh wow! Well then, this is wow. You've, you're combining your two uh, major likes and your interests areas and your education. I like it. This should be a your best show yet. Then. Oh no! Did I just set I set myself yeah, up? Yeah, this is going to be failure huge. here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Over promise, under the deliver. Here we go. Um, <laughs> so let's talk. Let's talk about um, who's your favorite founding father. Do you have one? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, of of all those, I would say Lincoln, and he was not necessarily a founding father, I suppose, although really he kept the country from splitting in two, uh, almost, well, almost single-handedly. I mean, he shaped the country single-handedly for sure. Yeah, yeah. But let's go, if you had to pick one from the old days, the original probably Jeff, founding Probably father. Jefferson. I mean, all okay. of these were real men and they had weaknesses. You know, I don't agree with the fact that uh, Jefferson was the one who wrote, you know, we sh we're all created equal, even though he owned slaves. So there are some contradictions, but yeah, I would have to, I don't know. I love, I love all the stories I hear about Ben Franklin. Uh, I just love Thomas Jefferson's writing. He was an amazing writer and really eloquent with his thoughts. He was, he definitely was a penman. He had some good penmanship yeah, or, or wordsmithing, yeah. um, but he was terrible with money. Was he? <laughs> yes. That doesn't surprise he, me, actually. You know, he died broke. He did? Mm. That's terrible. That's good. Yeah. Um, a lot of the founding fathers did, believe it or not. Mm. There's a reason for all that. But I want to go through some. Thomas Jefferson. Here's a quote from Thomas Jefferson. Never spend your money before you have it. He said that? He said that. My, Never my spend mom your says money that, too. Before you have it. Maybe she's related. <laughs> you know... <laughs> Thomas Jefferson says, never spend your money before you have it. That's a good life lesson right there. Right. Um, but that's really what is happening to a lot of people in this country. Uh, they are spending money before they have it. Most of the times because they're trying to keep up with the Joneses. But um, it was the case that um, a lot of these, you know, think back to the founding fathers. Um, most of them were wealthy at the start. They, like Jefferson and Washington, they, they owned a lot of land. Yep. Slaves. They had wealth that they either inherited or just built up over time um, just through land acquisition. Then you had the lawyers who just made money through their job, Adams, Madison. So um, they had this money. 
So when you when you hear about Jefferson spending money and doing different things, they had it to spend. Right. It's the debt that is the problem. So Thomas Jefferson's point and the lesson that you learn is you don't want to get in debt. But if you think about America, you know, the American dream, very different than what it was back then. Right. But the American dream today is, oh, you, you get the house and, and you get the family and you get a job and you retire. Right. Or isn't that what I think the American dream is supposed to be? Something like that. Anyone can succeed and you buy your house. But you think about the house purchase. Most people buy a house with little down. So they're they're in a huge debt right there. You know, so technically they're spending money before they have it. Um, and a lot of people do that. And I think debt is the biggest problem that we face in this country for people trying to retire. And uh, it's a lesson that we aren't taking too too well, I don't think. If only Thomas Jefferson was around to say it. But then again, we'll get to how he what happened to him in the end. Um, <laughs> it's not pretty. It's really not. Pre- I was thinking about this, doing you know, reading about it, because I know about these things. But if you think about it, you think, oh, Thomas Jefferson. You think if he's a celebrity, you know. He, you know, he, he must have been wealthy. <laughs> yeah. You know, he wrote the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. I mean, you'd seem he, what more can you do? Yeah, you'd think he would be well taken care of or be able to monetize his position, right? Nowadays, yeah, there, you there would was monetize no, your position. There was no major universities that would pay you to come speak. That's true. Right? I guess it was a, a really, really different time. I mean, we're not just talking about a different time like our grandparents. We're talking about uh, truly night and day difference, I guess. Uh, so I think it was probably a lot harder for them to monetize popularity back then. That's right. Um, and one of the big things that, that happened with Jefferson, he he owned mostly land. So eventually it became too difficult to sell. And he lost liquidity. You know, he didn't have enough money. And in the end, um, he lost out. He didn't, have, he didn't have as much money as when he started. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that's too so, bad. But, um, you know, he spent the money, but he invested it in something that didn't pan out for him in the end. Now, the big, you know, when you talk about money for people starting out well, who do you think started? I, I'm not sure if it's 100 percent accurate. I'm just talking about the big ones. But who do, who do you think had the most money? The founding fathers who, who started out with George Washington? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. He he had so much land and slaves and property and and just you know, so he, quote from him, this is a goodie too. Oh man, this is one that I, I, I love to, to say. Uh, it's tough it, it it's tough to follow, but um, here George Washington said, to contract new debts is not the way to pay old ones. To contract new debts is not the way to pay old ones. Wow. So don't take on debt to pay off old debt. Yeah. People do it all the time. Well, yeah. Yeah. Refinance the house, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, refinancing the house. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's a, that's a prime example. Um, so he's saying don't do that. Oh, yeah, don't do that. And that's one of the I mean, big financial what happens, lessons. That's what we're talking about. So the founding fathers had some good advice. Whether they followed it themselves, uh, in like in Thomas Jefferson's case, he did not, uh, or not, it's a lesson to be learned about debt. Well, in to the defense, as you'll see, a lot of these um, founding fathers actually failed with money. Um, to their defense, it was a different time. Yeah, there was so much uncertainty with currency, with inflation, with land that, and plus they were fighting a war. You know, like yeah. someone had to pay for it. So um, there's a. It's not like today where you know, but but that but these lessons that they said then still apply. But um, you're right that that one from Washington. You know what happens is people they have a debt. You know, I owe the. You know, I owe whatever credit card ten thousand dollars, so they'll borrow from someone else or another card to pay off that first one, and now they have two debts. You know, or they're using the money from the new card to partially pay the minimum balance on the other one, and before you know it, it snowballs into this huge balloon, big debt payment. You know, and so back to Thomas Jefferson: never spend your money before you have it. Don't use those credit cards. Yeah. And then if you do have a credit card debt, don't take another credit card or another debt out to pay for it. That's right. what George Washington said. So you add George Washington and Thomas Jefferson together, what do you have? $6, right? <laughs> no. Is that right? 
Thomas Jefferson's. Oh, he's twenty one dollars. Yeah, twenty. <laughs> it's, it, Jefferson's on the twenty. Washington's on the do, dollar. So you, you had you had up their advice. You got twenty one dollars to pay toward that credit card debt. Exactly. I get the joke. But it it, it almost worked. You almost well, <laughs> you almost had it. <laughs> no, because Andrew Jackson's on on the uh, on the twenty dollar bill. Jefferson a, Abe's Abe's on the five. Where is where is Thomas Jefferson? Where is Thomas Jefferson? That's what we. I'm. I'm that's how do I not know that? I don't. He's know. on the two dollar bill, right? Two. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't quite work as well. Uh, but yes, you'd have three dollars then. Uh, yeah, Jefferson's not on the twenty. You're right. He's on the two dollar bill, and the reason why I know that is because my parents give my kids two dollar bills all the time. Oh, I don't know. ask me where they get it from. So they, so they'll be, you know, here's a quick story, a little aside. I was at a swim meet in Largo and, uh, you know, my kids, Oh, can we get something from the concession stand? Oh, daddy doesn't have any money. And the, so they got, they got wind of that. So they started bringing their own money. And, uh, cause you lie, say, cause you lie to them and tell them you have nothing. You're lying. No, to I your don't, children. I don't have any cash because say, you're I don't tight. have any cash. Yeah. I don't have any cash. <laughs> the concession stand is not accepting credit card. You're poor kids. So, so they, so one of my kids, Jonathan, he, um, he's like, dad, look what I found in the bushes. I'm like, and he holds a $2 bill. I'm like, oh really? Where'd you find it? He brings, he walks me over. He points to the ground. Like uh-huh. it's right underneath that bush over there. Uh-huh. I'm like, that just so happened to be a $2 bill. Now, if it was a dollar bill, I might've believed him, but who carries $2 bills <laughs> no, around? But nobody, them, you know, nobody. So he brought one of grandma's $2 bills that he got yep. that and he's supposed to be found saving. it. Right. Oh, right, that's right. awesome. Kids are so, so funny. He was so busted. He totally. But uh, so if you add <laughs> Jefferson in, in Washington, you get $3, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny story about you. Oh, kids. So, okay. Yeah. So let's move on to another uh, another lesson. My, I have a couple of, my, my favorite founding father is um, John Adams. He's underrated. Oh, sure. John Adams, yeah. You know, um, I'll, I'll tell you a little life lesson from him. Um, now, there was, I think there was a movie made or a made-for-TV movie um, about John Adams that was pretty good. It was like a miniseries. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And they didn't talk about the financial lessons in it, but they did talk about his wife, Abigail. And it turns out, when you read about Adams, you find that he wasn't very financially savvy. He was a lawyer. Right. So he was making good money, but he wanted to invest in land like all the other rich guys that he was hanging out with. But his wife, um, she stopped him. Abigail stopped him. And someone wrote an autobiography on them. I forget the name of the author, but he quoted, he was saying, you know, the best thing that ever happened to, to John Adams financially was him going away for 10 years, you know, because he, with the war, he went to France. You know, he was in London, so he, he was away, and that left Abigail in charge of everything. And at one point during the revolution, you know, and afterward, um, the government was selling bonds to raise money, and they were worthless, really, because the government was, you know, yeah. oh, are we going to have a government, you right. know, like we're fledgling. So the government bonds were trash, and they were, and so she, instead of buying land, she was buying these government bonds from pennies on the dollar. They were using government bonds to pay the soldiers and different, you know, for government services. And she was astute enough, kind of like Warren Buffett, you know, when everyone else is selling, it's time to buy. And when everyone else is buying, it's time to sell or panicking, you know, mm-hmm. um, she bought government bonds, which were considered trash. And then of course, what happened to the government, it stabilized and then boom, right? That's what she, and that's all her. He had nothing to do with it. <laughs> and if you read about it, you know, it's, it, he, he's like, you know, um, he's trying to, he was trying to send money from France and she's like, don't send money, send goods, send, you know, cause I can resell them here. You know, even if I lose one ship out of every three you send with goods just due to pirates, literally, um, <laughs> you know, um, wow. I still come out ahead. She was doing the math. The lesson, lesson learned from John Adams. If you don't, Leave the investing for someone that understands it if you don't understand it yourself. Right. Or you can say happy wife is a happy life, right? Right. You know, if your wife's smarter than you, do it. If your husband's smarter than you, let them handle it. Right. You got to stay involved, but sometimes you got to pass the financial duties to someone that knows what they're doing. 
Yeah, you know, and don't and, don't try and be and, a hero. and someone you trust. Right, of course. Yeah, exactly. That's why I want you handling. I trust you, Dan. I would trust Abigail Adams with my money. Yeah, <laughs> but, but but wait, you're not going to return the favor and say you'd trust me with your money? Oh man, well, <laughs> I couldn't hear you there. Uh, did you hear that? You hear that siren going off? Can't did hear it, you. Did anyway, it break up. <laughs> something something. <laughs> did I got my a bad mic connection. Go yeah. Yeah. You got to speak more clearly next time. I'm a little deaf in this ear. Um, my wife runs the family finances. You know, every, every, it's funny. Everyone that comes through my door, door at work, I'm helping them with their financial situation. You know, we're going to figure out how to retire. I'm doing all the work. You know, we're meeting, I'm running the numbers, creating these reports. I get other people to help me with these things. But in the end, you know, I'm the overseeing, I'm the quarterback. And when I go home, my wife's the quarterback. You know, she's in charge. Right now, things are happening in my financial world that I don't even know about because my wife's pulling the strings. It, uh, she just that she's good. She's really smart, and I get it. You know, I I oversee. I don't I don't just play ignorant. I I, I get involved and I review, but she's the one that runs the show, and I understand that, and I trust her, and and that's good. Yeah, you gotta know your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, I'm really good sure. at helping people retire. Yep. And other people, but when I get home from work, I don't want to think about it anymore. I don't want to think about numbers, you know? Yeah. So then I sense. read my history books. Then I read my history books. <laughs> <laughs> then it's history. So the mm -hmm. founding fathers, so John Adams had a good lesson. Sounds like he was one of the smarter ones when it came to his money. Uh, he was. Uh, his wife was, yeah. actually. <laughs> but he was, uh, no, he was smart for realizing that she needed to take care of it. It's totally true. It just, but you got to think about how amazing these guys were in terms of what they did. You know, he was a lawyer, but he founded a country, you know, like, I mean, we're complaining about, you know, soccer. I'm, I complain sometimes of soccer coaching. I don't know anything about soccer. I got a coach, you know, <laughs> right. Try running a business and founding a country, you know, <laughs> right. That, that, that would be a little harder than being a soccer coach on the side. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they really uh, gave it their all, too. I mean, George Washington really answered the call uh, when he was needed. So, you know what? We should take a quick break here, Dan. Is there anything else you want to add before we do? Yeah, well, what I want to let the listeners know is um, I'm actually heading up north for a little while. I'm going to see family. Actually, uh, one of the side trips we're going to do is go to Plymouth Plantation, which is in Massachusetts. It's like a little uh, old world town, you know, by Plymouth Rock and... People dress up like, you know, the, you know, I guess before the revolution, the, the pilgrims. So um, I'm going to connect back to history, but I'm going to be gone for a while visiting family. And so the radio show live that you're listening to now is going to be taking a break. But we're still going to be doing some podcasts. As Tony knows, uh, the, the, our, our conversations never end. And we record them <laughs> and we put them online and we let people listen in. And so if you're if you're listening to this and you, and you like the show and you want to stay in tune, just go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com, click on the radio button, and you'll have our podcast there. And there's a subscribe button. Whether you use iTunes or Google Play, you can click on the button and subscribe. So anytime we update and put a new show out there, you may not hear it on over the air, but you can have it go right to your email or to your phone and listen to it at your leisure. So that's what I recommend you doing is going to dolphinfinancialgroup.com, signing up for our podcast, Tony, because I may be traveling a bit, but we'll still talk, right? We'll still, we'll still be in touch. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. even if I go to uh, Mount Rushmore, well, I'm not going to Mount Rushmore. I will go eventually. Yes. I'm heading up to New York, Massachusetts. Listeners, Dan has a lot more for us regarding founding fathers and financial advice right here on Dolphin Financial Radio after this. My name is Trevor, and we'll be right back with more Dolphin Financial Radio. Hi, this is Peter, and you are listening to my dad talk about financial stuff. Radio is cool, but if you're like me, you would rather watch videos. Did you know my dad has a YouTube channel? Go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com or search for Dolphin Financial Group on YouTube to watch some cool videos. This is Peter signing out with a dolphin noise. 
And welcome back to Dolphin Financial Radio with our host, Dan Wendell, and myself, your co-host, Tony Shore. And what a great show, talking about financial advice from our founding fathers. Uh, we recently celebrated July 4th and our independence as a country and a nation. And wow, I don't think anybody did more to make that happen than George Washington, as far as the Revolutionary War goes. And he, you mentioned earlier in the show, started off uh, very wealthy as a landowner and owned a lot of things. Uh, but yet he also did so much for the state of our union and uh, really making our country what it is today. His his sheer tenacity, and I guess he was also humble about it. Uh, and well, and that's yeah, what he cool. was. Well, he, you're right. He was rich. He showed up well during the Continental Congress and and the discussions about should we revolt and and what are we going to do he would show up in full military gear so he knew he was ready he he was grooming himself so it wasn't like he was like oh little old me is going to lead the you know he oh no he stepped yeah. up he's a military but, leader yeah and he was tall and he was powerful and he was perfect for the job now he oh man his story is amazing i mean if you haven't gosh if you haven't taken the time to read about these guys uh, please do because it's just amazing what they did I have such respect for these guys. Now, granted, they lived at different times, so they had different, you know, Problems. concepts. Yeah. You know, and the slavery is a big issue. But yep. and George Washington did have a lot. But what he did for this country is amazing. Um, he was the richest. He, but what's interesting, a little lesson from George Washington. He said, "Don't pay old debts with new ones." You know, right? But one thing that we can learn from him is that he diversified. Um, in the end. Washington was a loser as well in terms of financial. He, he they, There was a lot of financial trouble when he died. Um, wasn't necessarily his fault because he, of all the founding fathers that were rich when they started, he, he maintained his wealth mostly better than the others throughout, mostly because he was very diversified. He, he you know, you hear that word diversify. Um, he owned stocks and bonds. No, no, um, he, he was truly diversified in like, for instance, the big the big crop back in the day was tobacco, but he switched to wheat at one point because he saw the writing on the wall and he started selling the wheat um, for food and so, and so forth. Um, at one point, he realized land was not really going to be the place to go. So he stopped buying land and he started renting it. He started renting uh -huh. his land. Interesting. Um, instead of buying more. So instead of taking on more debt, he actually used the debt he had on his current land and started getting income from it. Uh, I believe, I don't, <coughs> I, this one I haven't verified, but I believe it's true that he at one point bought docks on the Chesapeake River and charged people to actually use them. So he would generate income from different sources. So it wasn't all, hey, I'm tobacco man. It was, hey, let, I got different. And, and so that helped him as things changed. He had different sources to rely on. You know, if tobacco's not doing well, well, maybe wheat is or maybe fishery, you know. So he definitely diversified, whereas, you know, we talked Thomas Jefferson. He was mostly land. So in the end, it became too difficult for Jefferson to sell it. And he wound up broke. Washington was able to weather the storm a little bit. But what got Washington in the end was inflation. You know, he got all this when he was at the war. He got he didn't he, he didn't get any money during the war. He, he paid for his spies out of his own pocket. Yeah, Literally. I know he paid for a lot out of his own pocket. Some of the the wealthy people basically were the government at that time or what we had of it. And so they had to fund that war themselves. Absolutely. And, you know, he got paid back in the end. But when, by the time he got paid back, inflation was just like, yeah, you know, here's the here's the thousand dollars you spent. Um, it's worth, you know a dollar today. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're not on the dollar, by yeah. the way. But you know, um, so during the time he's spending his money at high premium. And then later on when inflation kicked in and, you know, with the currency problems of the new country, it really wasn't worth as much. So he, he lost out and he spent a lot of his own money to fund the war. And then, you know, obviously land and different things worked to their disadvantage. Um, but the key lesson from him at that point was don't put all your eggs in one basket, you know, switch things up. And the same goes for today. You know, if you're investing, you don't want to put all your eggs in we, we like we did the show on marijuana. You know, that's maybe that's the new tobacco, but you don't want to go all the way with it. You might put a little dabble a little in that within your portfolio. You might want to have a little bit of oil, 
or uh, different industries. Um, you might go international versus U.S. and dabble and, and spread it out, diversify. But then even further, you want to get out of the stock market with some of your money, put some in safety, put some in maybe real estate, put some in, in the bank. You, the, the key is you don't want to get caught by something that happens in a particular one particular industry. Again, it was different when Washington. I mean, he had such different things to worry about. But um, you know, he, it's it, the same lesson applies. It's just we have different things to diversify in, but you still need to diversify. You can't put all your eggs in that one basket. Right, and, and that's a very good lesson. So uh, obviously, the founding fathers uh, had struggles of their own, but they also. Uh, managed to give some great advice. And I know Jefferson had some great advice as well. I mean, you know, he helped pen the Declaration of Independence. Uh, so it's we always respect him. But like you said, a lot of people don't realize Jefferson ended up broke right? because you know, he was too far know, in debt. Do you know who else ended up broke? Do you know who the first Secretary of the Treasury was? No. Under Washington? No. Alexander Hamilton. Oh, Hamilton, yeah. Remember him? Isn't there like a play? There is a play. I'm isn't saying, like, isn't, there, there, like isn't there like a play? <laughs> uh, I hope you were joking. Yes, there's I definitely a, a musical. Uh, yeah, Hamilton. Man, my my daughter is crazy for that musical. She actually just saw it. So I had never seen it. I don't really know what it's about. I'm assuming it's about Hamilton's life. It is, but I could be wrong. Nope, it is about but Hamilton's life. He he was our first Treasury Secretary, and I don't know if they get into the finances of it, but he did die broke. Um, he's the one that lost the duel yep. to uh, Aaron Burr. Yep. That's fascinating, by the way. I did, at one point in my life, I got really into that and read a whole bunch about duels. Like, that was a way of handling things. And um, Not a there good a way, lot of duels. mind you, but a way. And at the time they did that, it was they did it over in Weehawk in New Jersey. I used to drive past there all the time when I lived there. Um and they did it right on the the, sh- the cliffs, the Palisades over there, right by across from uh, New York City. Um, it was illegal in New York, but it was also illegal in New Jersey to do the duel. So this is when it was like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do it. But Hamilton wanted to do it in New Jersey because they were less uh, stringent on on enforcing the law. <laughs> it's such a fascinating thing how wow. they did it because the people that were observing, they like smuggled the guns in like a box so you couldn't see it, so they can legally say, I never saw a gun. And then they had their back to him. So what really happened is unknown because the witnesses turned their back so they didn't witness it. So they can legally say, I didn't see it, you know. Um, but Hamilton lost. Um, and he died from the gunshot wound yep. from Aaron Burr. What happened next is he died, I think, the next day. And when they buried him, they had to pass the hat. They had to collect money. His wife, his, his widow, had to collect money at his funeral. He didn't have enough. We're talking the Secretary of the Treasury. Wow. <laughs> the guy that had money com- coming in. And he was a lawyer. Wow. The, the, so what happened? Why, why did he go bankrupt? Um, a couple of, of thoughts on that. Um, he had seven kids. So Okay. <laughs> but, well, number one problem. <laughs> they, see you later. Yep. Yeah. Um, college was a lot cheaper then. Right. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he had the expense of hockey. They, for his right, children, they, or, right, right, or baseball, they, they, or soccer, right, yeah. Uh, oh, the the tablets. They each had their own. They each had to get their own Wi-Fi tablet. Mm-hmm. No. Um, so kids are kids. They're expensive, you know. Yep. Again, though, I guess they could put them to work on the fields um, at age six, but uh, or earlier, bailing hay. But um, so and he had a couple of mistresses. So those that wasn't cheap for him either. Apparently, probably not. I don't. I, don't, I wonder if they go through that in the play. You know, they talk about mistress anyway. Um, but I just, there was an account from some prince from, from France that came by um, and witnessed Hamilton making a speech and then heading back to his office to do legal work by himself. He didn't have staff. He didn't have enough money to pay like a scribe or assistant. So he would write his own legal documents as a lawyer just to get by while he's doing this other stuff. And, um, you know, they, they, lived, they had this image. They had to live the high life, you know, and spend money on on expensive wines and, and different things that were coming in at the time, but they were struggling. Um, they were like a duck, you know, wow. they looked great. They looked great. I'm the treasury secretary, you know, I'm a very peaceful and serene, but under that water, that duck's legs is swimming like crazy. Yeah. Right? Treading um, water. So, you know, Alexander Hamilton, classic example. Wow. 
of, of, you know, you, you don't, you have your money, but don't spend it before, you know, before you make it. He was, he was by the seat of his pants and, uh, didn't have anything in the end. The other lesson I guess is he should have bought life insurance, you know, so that as nothing's worse than seeing, um, a GoFundMe account when someone dies, Hey, we didn't, you know, we can't, we can't afford the burial. That's the worst. Yeah. I mean, that that's happens. sad. We see that all the time. Isn't it's crazy. Yeah. You know, I need a GoFundMe account because, uh, you know, I got a, an accident. I don't have health insurance. Right. I don't have life insurance. So you can't pay for the funeral. You know, maybe if a child dies, you know, yeah, maybe you don't have life insurance on the child because no one wants to think that way. But as an adult with seven kids, come on now. And don't say life insurance didn't exist at the time Hamilton was, you know, <laughs> Treasury Secretary because life insurance goes way back before the founding of this country. Yeah. There was there was insurance companies in in the. England. in america yeah. uh at the time yeah. so he could have done it and in england before they even got over for sure here, so yeah. for sure so it's not like it yeah. some of those companies but, are still around today i know isn't that crazy yeah, that's i forget crazy. i forget the name is like american pioneer or american something yeah. or other still around so um yeah crazy as it sounds he should have prepared for that but most people don't they just they're living in the moment and they think they're invincible they think I'm going to have my lawyer income for the rest of my life. And, uh, and then, you know, things get in the way, like, uh, like a bullet from Aaron Burr. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Life happens. Uh, and, uh, and then it doesn't, uh, yeah, that was a tragedy, uh, especially because Hamilton had a lot of great things that he did and said, but again, he had a lot of issues. Like you said, on the surface, the duck looks fine, but underneath those legs were, paddling just to keep afloat it's a common thread for all the the um, founding fathers but the other thing that hamilton you know maybe it's not a financial lesson is you got to chill when it comes to politics him and Aaron burr hated each other yeah. enough where they they would they would went to a duel now the historical context of it is hamilton actually shot above burr and intentionally missed him that's what they used to do yeah these these duels they used to shoot in the ground just to say i'm tough you know so i i was willing to take that yeah. final step but um so alexander hamilton apparently i mean again people's backs were to him shot above the head and then aaron burr said whoa i heard that whiz past my head and shot him in the gut so you know maybe aaron burr wanted they hated each other from political um you know governorship of new york and this and that it, just don't get caught up in politics especially you know when you want to get deadly about it. Yeah, exactly. Take a deep breath. <laughs> take a deep breath. And that's what we're going to do here because we need to take another quick break. Dan, is there anything you want to add before the break? Absolutely. When we get back, we're going to talk about your favorite founding father and perhaps the biggest financial lessons from the founding fathers, our good old $100 bill boy, not a president. We got, I tricked you up on that one, $100 bill, Ben Franklin. Yeah. But, um, if you're listening, you're listening to Dolphin Financial Radio. Uh, like I said earlier, we're going to be taking a, a, a live show break for a little while, but we're going to be doing the podcast. So if you don't hear us on the radio and you say, well, where did he go? I'm up in New York visiting family and Massachusetts visiting family for the summer. And uh, I am still doing podcasts. We're going to talk about some pretty cool topics. Um, I think, Tony, one that we should talk about is taking Social Security early. I just did a... Um, a seminar on social security and it's fresh in my mind. So let's do a podcast on social security and why great. people should take it early and why should people should delay. It's uh, anyway, um, you go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and you click on the radio button and you'll see there's uh, the ability to actually subscribe to the podcast, um, Google play, or if you use iPhone, it's iTunes and boom, they come directly to your phone. No charge, of course. Um, and you can listen to it as they happen. Yeah. And you get notified. Hey, new new podcast. Come listen to Tony. Golden Pipes, you know. <laughs> um, so I urge people to do that. Or if you have any questions you want to talk about the founding fathers, like I said, I'm an investment major, um, particularly financial investments. And then uh, I'm a history minor. So if you want to talk history, I'll talk too. Give me a call. The number here at the office, 888-508-5935. That's 888-508-5935. Five nine three five, and don't forget to sign up for the podcast at dolphinfinancialgroup.com. All right. Well, thanks for that, Dan. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back 
with more of Dan Wendell here on Dolphin Financial Radio. Are you having trouble understanding Social Security planning? When does it make the most sense for you and your spouse to start receiving Social Security? What is the impact on your Social Security benefits if you work during retirement? How much of your Social Security will be taxed each year? What strategies can you use to fill the income gap between what you receive from Social Security and the desired amount of income you'd like to receive in your retirement years? Let Dolphin Financial Group provide you with direction to this decision by claiming your complimentary Guide to Social Security. Give our office a call at 888-508-5935 or visit us online at dolphinfinancialgroup.com. This is Violet and you're listening to Dolphin Financial Radio. And welcome back to Dolphin Financial Radio with our host and history miner, Dan Wendell of Dolphin (laughs) Financial Group, uh, financial guru with a minor in history. And today we're talking about the the founding fathers and the financial advice uh, that we can glean from them, financial lessons we can learn from our founding fathers. And now we're going to talk about one of my favorites because he was a character uh, and had so much to say and was so influential. I don't even know what he was. Ben Franklin, was he a lawyer, a scientist, uh, all of the above? That's the fascinating part about this, Tony. Ben Franklin was not rich. He he made money. He he didn't inherit land. He wasn't a lawyer charging big bucks. Right. He worked in a print shop. Uh. He was a printer. And he worked his way up to a point where he was able to retire at 42 years old. Wow. Ben Franklin. Wow. Now, granted, 42 was like today is like 80, right? Oh, yeah. Back, <laughs> back then, then. Back then it was like 85. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> no, but it, he did retire young. No. Um, at the peak of his career. And that's fascinating to me. I'm going to talk more about that because there's so much to learn from Ben Franklin. Well, yeah, I mean, um, he's the only founding father that actually wrote a book about finance. 200 and I I looked it up 260 years ago. Uh this year it's the marks the 260th anniversary of his book being published called Way to Wealth. You know what? I've never read that. Well, you've heard all the quotes. Basically, it's just proverbs about wisdom and little sayings about uh, you know how to stay wealthy and and be happy uh and it's called way to wealth but um uh, you've probably heard most of it and most of the quotes are what you're probably already going to talk about today but uh diligence yes. you know stuff like diligence is the mother of good luck and uh, uh drive drive thy business uh, let not that it drive thee isn't that fantastic you know industry need not wish um he that lives upon hope will die fasting. There are no gains without pains. Yeah, I love some of these. Yeah. Did he say a penny saved is a penny earned? Yes. He gets credited for that. Um, yep, that one of my favorite quotes. A penny saved, a penny earned. It's in his book. One of my f- favorite quotes from Thomas Jefferson, I mean, uh, Ben Franklin, was beware of little expenses. A small leak will sink a ship. you know it's true people say you know i'm not the guy that's gonna say hey stop to starbucks although i will say starbucks is expensive by the way i didn't realize i don't drink coffee but i went in there for a tea and i spent like five bucks for a cup of tea i was floored you know um i'm going to Publix looking for the buy one get one from the different teas i like and anyway it's just flavored water um ben franklin's uh beware of little expenses a small leak will sink a ship that's um, that's a good one because, you know, if you let something fester or you don't take care of it or or if you don't, you know, if you have this little expense that you ignore, it eventually you will add up. You want to make sure you're tight. You want to make sure you're doing everything the right way from the beginning. Um, I like that one by Ben Franklin. But I want to talk about his life a little bit here and what happened because you're right. You know, what was he? A scientist? He was all these things. But let's talk about what got him there. It was quite an, he's got a very interesting story. And I think the biggest financial lesson from today's show is going to be from Ben Franklin's life and what he did. So you have to look back. He started, um, he was in printing. Let's, we're not going to go into the, the true 
total details here. But eventually he got to the point where he, his printing business was spread far and wide. Usually printing was like a local thing. I was, um, you know, we had the tragedy with that local paper in Maryland, which by the way, was around before the revolutionary war. Um, and, um, they said on uh, the day the revolution, the declaration, they printed the declaration of independence and it was on page two, not page one, because page one was for local news. <laughs> page two is for the <laughs> nationalist <laughs> declaration of independence. I found that fascinating. But um, so printing was local, right? But he was able to spread and spread and get in different parts of the country, Philadelphia and wherever. And eventually he got to the point where he had grown this business where it was huge. And he also created the post office system. And originally he used it just for himself, for his own benefit and for his partners to get information quickly uh, event before eventually turning it over to the public. That's another thing. He, he, he basically invented the post office. Right. Now don't, don't hold him against, don't hold the current situation of the postage and the mail delivery system today against them. But he did the, po he did a library system, same thing, which I'm a huge fan of. But so he created this printing business and what was fascinating, totally fascinating to me, is at the age of 42, he signed a two-page contract with a guy named David Hall. And in the contract, which is only two pages. Now, you do a contract like this where you're doing a business contract today. It's like a dollar in the Revolutionary War is worth 10000 today. Um, a two-page contract back then is probably, you know, you try and do that today. It's like 50 pages, you know, with all the legal lawyers. But again, Ben Franklin wasn't a lawyer. He was a business owner. He partnered with David Hall and in the contract, it said half of the profits are going to go to Franklin for the next 18 years. The other half are David Hall's. Wow. And Ben Franklin said, I'm done. I'm out. You run the business. hundred so percent of it is pension. yours. He created his own pension. The first uh, annuity. Bingo. The first pension. How awesome is that? Yeah. So, think about this. He's 42 years old. Now, Ben Franken, I think, lived to 85 or even 90. I can't remember how old he He lived a long time. But at 42, he had still half of, he was only halfway through his mid midlife. Midlife. Wow. He retired. And... He was getting income from a successful business for the next 18 years. So think about this. Adams, Madison, Washington, Jefferson, they were all in their 20s and 30s, right? Right. Ben Franklin's 42. So I, 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 I could go all day on this. So he's 42 years old. You have to think about this. He's 42 years old and he's with these young guys. Now they're brilliant. Right? Thomas Jefferson was absolutely mind-numbingly brilliant. Yeah. You you said that at the very beginning of the show. Yeah. But they all were like rich already, Washington, Jefferson, or they were lawyers, Adams, Madison. So they they had income. They had either income from their farms or slaves. They had income from their law practices. Ben Franklin didn't have that. He had income from a pension or his his, his business sale. So now he's retired, but he's got passive income. Hugely important, passive income. He was going to get this income no matter what he did. So what did he do? He started becoming a statesman. Literally, he, he, started, he became a scientist. He, he, he's checking exploratory uh, electricity things that he did, right? You know, the yeah. little kite and the key and all that. The key, the <laughs> right? key on the kite string with lightning, yeah. Right. He, he, um, he different... Um, he started creating militia and got into politics, started getting involved, and look what happened. He founded our country. There's no way Ben Franklin does that if he doesn't strike a deal with David Hall for that 50% profits over 18 years. Yep. He can't do it. He can't live. He doesn't have the time to work on electricity and libraries and founding father business, right? Yeah. We'll call it statesmanship. I mean, he... So he's created this life for himself where he's got this passive income, giving him the free time to then pursue the dreams that he wants to do. And luckily for us as a country, he did this because without his guidance and wisdom, 
especially with these young guys, he was able to kind of be the, the elder statesman at, at these meetings to kind of shape our country without caring or getting bogged down and keeping up with the Joneses. Do you, it was, it was, he used to wear a, a raccoon skin cap when he went to, to France. Yeah. They, they venerated him. They thought he was a, like a country bumpkin and he played the part. Do you think that he cared about the latest trends, you know, with all the young guys no. that were, he, he's like, I made my money. I did it the hard way. Yeah. You know, I don't have, you know, land. I don't have a law firm that I need to. He just was getting the money and he was able to focus and do things on his terms, yeah. which is fantastic. He was truly ahead of his time in that regard. Yeah. But hey, we're out of time for today's show, Dan. Flew by. I, I wow. like this one. Great topic. Why don't you let the listeners know one more time how to get a hold of you and where to go to check out podcasts over the coming week since we're not going to be live on the air for, for a while. Well, I hope everyone had a good Independence Day celebration. I mean, that's what we're talking about today, the founding fathers and the financial lessons we can learn from them. This was a good Dolphin Financial Radio show. Um, hopefully you you were able to glean a few, maybe learn something about your founding fathers, maybe it enticed you to continue to read about them. If you want, I have, um, I have a list of different books on these guys that I read that I find really good. I can share you uh, share those with you. Or if you want to talk about legit financial issues that you're facing and, and what you want to do for retirement, how you can become the next Ben Franklin and retire at 42, <laughs> give me a call. I'll help you with that. The number is 888-508-5935. But we, as Tony mentioned, I'm going to be traveling a little bit. We're going to do a lot of the shows um, in the next few weeks online uh, as podcasts, which you can easily listen to Whenever you want, you don't have to tune in at a certain time. You just go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com, click on the radio button, and you can listen to past shows, this one included, and you can listen to any of the new shows and sign up for notices as to when we upload a new show. That's our podcast at dolphinfinancialgroup.com. So I urge you to do that. We're not going anywhere. We'll still be around. Please subscribe to that. That's dolphinfinancialgroup.com. Or give me a call. I'm going to still have the phone on. It's 888 888- Five zero eight five nine three five. Tony, thanks for a good show. I enjoy talking about our founding fathers. Um, hopefully, you picked up a few. I know you you just uh, took a trip out to see the Mount Rushmore yeah. and uh, urge others to do it. Yeah, and happy Fourth of July to you. A little belated. Yeah, no problem. And that does it for today's episode of Dolphin Financial Radio with our amazing historian. Dan Wendell. Thank you for listening to Dolphin Financial Radio. Don't try to retire without a solid income plan. For more information, please contact Dan Wendell at Dolphin Financial Group. Call 888-508-5935 or visit the website at dolphinfinancialgroup.com. Dan Wendell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.